Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. It's my pleasure to introduce to you our guest speaker today. It's Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson, and I'm a huge fan of his. He is the uh, spiritual director of Center for Spiritual Living Greater Baltimore, and uh, he has been known as a renaissance man, a visionary new thought leader. Uh, He loves to uh, support everybody in their highest and greatest vision. He's a teacher, a minister, an author, a visual artist. He is an ASL. American Sign Language performing artist. He's a mentor, he's a father, he's a grandfather, and he has more degrees than I can count. And it is a privilege and an honor to welcome Dr. Raymond Anderson with us today. Namaste and greetings. CSL Seattle It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you once again. And thank you, Reverend Dr. Kathy Ann Lewis, for the invite. It is my honor and pleasure to be of service. Now let's dive in because we got some deep stuff to talk about today because I know the theme you have for the year is radical spirituality and the theme for January is being miracle minded. So in order for us to like really uh, do this thing, I want to start us off with the etymology of the word radical because we know that there are some definitions running out there, but I want to return to the source of what the word originally meant. And to do so, we go back as far as like 14th century where it meant originating in the root or ground, something that is vital to life, something that is having its roots, being rooted, something that is throughout, ongoing, extreme, pertaining to its groundedness and its roots. Okay, I like that. That's cool. That's cool. Something that is essential. Ooh, that I like that too. I like that too. And if we borrow from surfing culture, like in the 80s, the 70s-ish, there's the idea of there are these limits and we are pushing the envelope of limits of control. We are moving beyond those, those supposed limits. So for us, radical spirituality, therefore, must be a spirituality that is thoroughly rooted in an extreme and often unconventional mindset or manner that demonstrates the limitlessness of our control. Now, why do I specifically say it that way? Because if we look at our Declaration of Principles, specifically number eight and number nine, which say, we believe in the universal, we believe that the universal spirit which is God, operates through a universal mind, which is the law of God, and that we are surrounded by this creative mind, which receives the direct impress of our thought and acts upon it, followed by, we believe in the healing of the sick and the control of conditions through the power of this mind. So what did we say before? It demonstrates the limitlessness of our control. Being radical is the groundedness where we understand through our spirituality that we are not bound by, enslaved to, or 
encompassed by precedent, but by principle. The boundless, the limitlessness of what spirit is. So are we grounded to that? Are we rooted in that? Are we in alignment with that? Pause, like I really want you to breathe that in. Because is that not what it means to truly be grounded in a principle, a teaching that encourages us to be grounded in truth? We do say there is nothing that needs to be healed, only truth. Now, if truth is the only thing that's needed to be revealed in order for healing to occur, then are we not being invited to be deeply rooted, grounded, steeped in that which is vital to life? God, love, the one mind, life itself. Are we not being invited to that? Because that's very unconventional, very unconventional. When you think about the status quo that would have us live and, and move and have our beingness in lack, scarcity, and fear. So that moves us into, well, if that's not the mindset that we are existing in and moving from, then what are we being? Oh, segue, the invitation to live in a miracle-mindedness, the mindset of the miraculous, because that is also very unconventional when you think collective consciousness, the, the dukkha of the collective paradigms, or as Don Miguel Ruiz would say, our domestication. That domestication would have us believe in anything but that which is the miraculous. And anything but that which is deeply rooted and grounded in truth, capital T, truth. Right? Like that's what mass consciousness would have us believe. So let's pause and, and let us be mindful that mass consciousness tries to get us to believe and understand that a miracle is an exceptional thing rather than a miracle is everything. The miraculous, the energy of the miraculous is in, through, and all as everything. Like it's everywhere and everything. Now, yes, bad things, quote unquote, do happen. And yet, is not the energy of love and God and spirit still present there? Yes. How do we bring that energy forth? How do we recognize the miracle? But let's pause. Let's go to the etymology of the word miracle. Miracle is something that is a wondrous work of God. Well, wait a minute. Isn't everything a wondrous work of God since God is everything? Oh, sorry. I slight digression. It is an object of wonder, amazement, a marvelous event caused by God. To wonder, to be astonished, to, to have high esteem for something, something that is amazing. And even when you think about, there is a Sanskrit etymology of this where it says to smile. So a smile is a miracle? <gasps> no, 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 no say, no say. What? A smile is a miracle. So when we recognize that a, a smile is a miracle, then do we not see that that smile is a sign? And a sign is merely another word for miracle. It is showing the power of in that smile, in that hug, 
in that handshake, in that form of volunteering and service. All of this is a sign for how faith as a verb moves throughout a life and a community. So let me ask you this. Is God all there is? Yes, that's the answer, right? God is all there is. A circle, circumference nowhere, center everywhere. It's all there is. Is that not marvelous? Is it not marvelous to recognize that? To even entertain the possibility of that, is that not marvelous? If God is all there is, is God not incarnating itself in, through, and as me and as you right now? Yes. Is that not wonderful? And by that, simply by that, you are a miracle. I am a miracle. All of life is a miracle because all of life, there is only one life and that life is God. And that life is beautiful and miraculous, marvelous and astonishing. The sunset, the sunrise, the rainbow. I know that Reverend Dr. Kathy Ann was recently in Egypt. The pyramids, the Sphinx, amazing and marvelous wonders of human intuition crafted and carved and erected these monuments. Is that not a miracle? Breathe. Did Holmes not say, there is a power for good in the universe, greater than I am, greater than you are, and you can use it. Now, my remix to that is, there is only one infinite power. It is infinite goodness itself. It is the universe itself. And because it is all there is, that infinite power and presence must be acting upon itself. We can't help but to use it because it is all there is. So yes, there is a power that is infinite goodness that is the universe itself that is greater than this individualized incarnation and yet this individualized incarnation is what it is personified and it is good and I am using it now as are you, as are we all always the law says yes always so what is the law saying yes to is the law saying yes to a mindset that i have of that which is miraculous or is the law saying yes to a mindset of lack scarcity fear and othering because the law says yes now if we're going to really ground in this idea of the mindset, then we have to talk about one's mental equivalent. Having an awareness of and a conscious use of our mental equivalent is of vital, <gasps> of vital importance. Takes us back to that radical idea. Now let us be aware that for me, the mental equivalent is of four pillars. So first, we train the mind. Train your mind so that your thinking, pillar number one, is rooted and grounded, aligned with truth. That's why we take foundations class. And that's why when there's a class on abundance and prosperity or mysticism, we take the class so it trains our mind so that we are undoing 
any old paradigms, beliefs, and consciousness of lack, scarcity, heaven, hell, good, bad, judgment, etc. And we re-fortify that which is the truth. There is only one power and one presence, that which is God, incarnating itself in, through, and as each and every one of us. This breath is God breathing itself as me, as you, right now. We train our minds, align it to the truth, recognizing that which is wonderful and amazing and remarkable. We train our minds so that we are able to see what is factual and still know what is the truth. Meaning, I am able to see and recognize that a family member made their transition and though their body is dead, that which they are cannot die. Both and. I train my mind to see, lowercase s, and to see, capital S, right? I see the factual experience and I see the truth. The Bible says, when the people have no vision, they perish. So I am training my eyesight, external abil ability to see a thing, and my internal vision of sight, where I see beyond just the conditions. I see beyond just this body as Raymond, and I see the infiniteness of, I allow myself to envision the infiniteness of all that is incarnating itself as me. We train our minds. Pillar number two, we train our words in how we communicate, whether that is verbally, in sign language, in a text or an email, however it is, in a visual meme, whatever it is that we are sharing is as a form of communication. We train ourselves to be able to communicate more mindfully, consciously and mindfully, so that what we are saying, we have the power of life and death. Now, in the, in the Bible, it said, you have the power of life and death in your tongue. They didn't have email back then. At least I don't think so. So, because I'm sure if they did, Jesus would have texted everybody and said, hey, we doing bread and fish next Sunday. Be, be there after service. And then the people, anyhow. So we are mindful to be aware of what am I saying? Is what I'm saying based upon domestication and precedent? Or is it a radical statement of truth where I know the truth of this situation. Right now, I recognize that my bank account may have, oh, $5 and it's gone. Negative $10. That may be the factual number on a balance sheet given to me by the bank. And yet I know that the infinite abundantness of the universe, that of source, is plentitude. And so I anchor and ground with that, knowing that my financial wealth and prosperity is only one of the ways in which abundance and prosperity demonstrates as my life. I have an abundance of laughter. I am prosperous in my love and my joy. The number of hugs I can give is limitless. And so now I anchor and ground that consciousness to this thing called finances. And as I do so, my practice changes. Because pillar number three, my emotions now change. We are invited to train our emotions to be aware of. Don't let them control us, but also do not deny them. When anger shows up, recognize and give it space to be what it is. To see it from all sides. Because often in our teaching, new thought in general, we oh, that's, that's a negative feeling. It's a bad feeling. We're not supposed to feel those. 
If you feel it, you are feeling it for a reason. Be mindful and purposeful in what it is showing, what it is revealing, what it is affording you the space to evolve and shift and grow through. And it is from that space of spaciousness and allowing that pillar four, our actions, the manner in which we treat and move our feet, then takes greater form. There is a time and a place for whatever that feeling may be. But when we are grounded and allow it to have space, to allow it to move through, to allow it to be and be mindful of it, then the moving of our feet is now charged by, it is now energized by a completely different energy. It's not charged by the energy of bypass or denial or ignoring because that's only partial energy. Now it is the full energy of yin and yang combined. It is now the energy of balance. It is now the energy of harmony. It is the energy of flow. And it is from that energy of flow that we now live, move, and have our beingness as radical demonstrations of truth. So, mental equivalent, thoughts, words, feelings, actions, and breathe. Are my thoughts, words, feelings, and actions grounded and anchored in truth? In a radical idea of truth, of principle, not precedent, based upon culture, society, a belief of judgment, heaven, hell, God, devil, us versus them, war, dog eat dog, rat race, any of that. Radical spirituality says, I know the truth. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Declaration of principles. We believe the ultimate goal of life to be a complete emancipation from all discord of every nature. And that this goal is sure to be attained by all. Is that not radical? To believe that all discord of every nature will be dissolved, surpassed, that we will be emancipated from, is that not radical? And is that not marvelous? In other words, miraculous. To even allow ourselves to sit in that space of recognizing and living, moving, and having our beingness from that space. Breathe and pause that in. <laughs> pause and breathe that in. <laughs> so Ernest Holmes says, we do not suggest that a person is all right when they are not all right. So we do that same thing with ourselves. We have to give ourselves the space to experience the factual stuff. That's how we meet people where they are. And that's how we teach and train and, and help folks understand what this teaching is about. We meet them where they are at. We surrender this idea of rugged individualism that says, I'm going to let you figure this out for yourself. And we don't do that and we don't do this because that is not ours to do. We're only supposed to pray. Unless your prayer, Frederick Douglass said, and I'm paraphrasing, that prayer didn't mean what it meant until he learned he needed to pray with his feet. Until prayer became a form of action. So we are invited to become and from this place of becoming, from this place of living, moving, and having this beingness, 
there, there has to be gratitude. Is that not one of the steps in spiritual mind treatment? Being of miracle mindset and radical in our spirituality is being able to have gratitude and be grateful even when the thing is not yet visibly shown within our hands. For example, Yeshua is at the tomb of Lazarus and it, is, it says in John 11, so they moved the stone and Jesus stood there and lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for what you have heard me say. And I know, as I always have known, that you always hear me when I speak. But I say this now so that they may see the representation of how I live, move, and have my beingness in alignment with what I know to be true. And when he said these things, and then he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, to which Lazarus rose from the dead and came out of the tomb. Now, I mention this specifically because Jesus is giving thanks before Lazarus rises. He's giving thanks before he even says, Lazarus, come forth, rise. He's giving thanks. Do we give thanks now? Are we so miracle-minded that we give thanks for a world that works for all now? Are we so miracle-minded that we give thanks for a world where our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren read in their history class, their civics class, and they read that back in the year 2021, there was a thing called sexism, racism, and homophobia. But now, in their time, in their era, in a world that works for all, this does not exist are we grateful now for that paradigm and that consciousness? Are we able to be steeped in gratitude now? So we breathe because I'm going to leave you with specifically two quotes from Holmes. Uh, the first one from the book Ideas of Power, where Holmes says, For the only God you and I will ever know is the one that we embody. Never forget that. The only God, because there is no anthropomorphic God for us to know, the only God we will ever know is the one we embody, the one we recognize that is already breathing itself in this divine and holy Ruach. God breathing itself in this divine inhalation and exhalation. God breathing thinking, feeling, moving, communicating. It's all God. Holmes also then says, all the power of the universe is with you. To which I add, of course it is with you. It is you. It must be around you, above and below. It must be beside, in front of and behind, within and without. It is all there is. So yes, all the power, all all the power of the universe, of spirit, of source, of the thing itself, all of that power is with you. It is you. Feel it. Know it. And then act as though you know it is true. Act. Be a living representation of radical spirituality that knows the truth 
that thinks it, speaks it, writes it, types it, feels it, and acts upon it. That knows that no matter what is happening in the external world, where there is war and rumors of war, this radical spirituality says, yes, and that is right now changing the paradigms of that peace on earth, goodwill to all. That every corner of the planet, every animal, creature, rock, blade of grass, grain of sand is clean and pure, garbage-free, pollution-free, radical spirituality that knows the truth and lives based upon it. A radical spirituality that is miracle-minded, that knows the awesomeness and the power of this truth, this truth that is living, moving, and having its beingness in, through, and as each and every one of us. That our thoughts are God's thoughts. Our words are God's words. Our feelings are how God feels in this incarnation. And our hands, our feet, our lives are the very lived demonstration of the universe in concretized, individualized form. So that we, God, may be in and of service to all of the other ways that God is demonstrating and incarnating itself. That God, as me, is able to create greater habitats for God as panda. Greater oceans that are clean for God as ocean and God as dolphin. So that each one of us recognizes why we are here and that we are able to be so grounded that we give thanks in advance. A world that works for all Come forth. I give thanks now, and I know that it is already so. And so it is. Namaste, much love and blessings.